Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. This is Reservations, and I'm Rain Whalen. And I'm Stephen Applebaum. <laughs> is it, or is it Applebaum? Depends. Depends on the region where you're from. Are you somewhat related to the Tenenbaums? No. Well, because you're not royal. And you don't live in a Wes Anderson movie? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'd kill myself. Uh, <laughs> on camera. Yeah, very symmetrically, but it would... <laughs> Let's cut you in half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's good, a good little, little Wes Anderson joke. Sure. <laughs> well, welcome back, everyone. Um, man, this one, uh, I really feel like we're going to have fun with this one, dude. Hey, man. I, I was, uh, <sighs> hang on, before we get in, before I get excited about this movie, yeah. uh, to tie it back to your tease for last week, let's get excited about this. Uh, we once saw Nope. Yeah, we did. Uh, if anyone remembers Jeremy's little tease for this episode last week, uh, Jordan Peele said, this is cinema. Yeah. That, that he, when he saw it, he goes, that is cinema right there. There you go. Yeah. But you want to know what I think is cinema? Nope was cinema, dude. It was really good. Yeah, it was, I, I it was rad. I enjoyed it. It was rad. When, yeah. uh, of course, when you and I saw it, that was my second viewing. I'd already seen it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and as soon as the credits rolled, I looked at my mom and Ashley and Scott and my brother and I was like... Yo, that was fucking tight. That was tight. That was yeah. tight. Um, this this fucking neo western sci fi horror. Yeah, oh, it, was, it was perfect. Super rad. If you haven't seen it, <clears throat> go see it. Uh, <coughs> no, we would uh, no spoilers. We're not going to talk about it, but no, no. It, it was really rad. You got to see it. We would definitely yeah. recommend seeing it in definitely. IMAX if it's still showing. Yeah, yeah, I would recommend. Because I know it. when we saw it, I think that was it's going to be its last showing in IMAX. Oof. Oof magoof. Uh, but definitely go see it. Um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and we're st- I'm still still yeah. trying to figure it out. <laughs> I know, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so it's tied it all together. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, man, so, oof. So, before, before we get started, um, we usually don't do this. I don't know why we don't do this. Spoilers for Phantom Thread. Uh, I think if you haven't seen it, this is one that you'll need to see. Uh, as of right now, as of this recording, if you're watching this or listening to this in the far future, <clears throat> first off, thank you. Second, uh, it might not be on Netflix anymore, but as of right now, it is on oh. Netflix. So uh, go check it out uh, on Netflix, that, which is how I watched it this that, weekend. That's not how I watched it. Um, at, oh my God, dude. At, at, <laughs> I got made fun of so much at Dad's house for watching this movie. Why? <laughs> because, uh, you know, like... Is it because of the subject matter? I like certain movies and my dad and Haley and D like certain movies right D is my dad's wife and um, and a romantic drama and romantic is not one of them like <laughs> I, I turned to, to Haley uh, after, after a few minutes of it being on I go hey what you doing she goes I'm so bored <laughs> I was like alright fair that's, that's upsetting absolutely fair I understand that this isn't for everybody <clears throat> I, I apologize I, I know that a movie like this can be hard for the average viewer, I think. I, well, I mean, you know what? If they want even harder, watch a ghost story. Dad has. I, I, <laughs> I watched it with him. What do you think of that? That it was slow, but he didn't hate it. And so I was like, that's a win. Did he hate this? 
Oh, he didn't watch this. Oh, okay. No, he uh, he and D went to a Journey concert in Yo. Lubbock. Yo, that was pretty tight. They said it was awesome. Um, they but played it, all the hits. But it didn't have uh, uh, Steve, Steve Perry. Perry. No, it's got the little Filipino guy who does the... Uh, who his... does Steve Perry better than Steve Perry? Pretty much, yeah. Anyway, well, so Jeremy, we should tell them what movie we were talking Sorry. about. Um, um. <laughs> so again, spoilers for phantom thread uh it is on netflix at the time of this recording um so again if you haven't seen it go watch it and then come back um because i think that you know because it subverted my expectation Mm -hmm. i think is one of the reasons why it it hits the way it does because i was expecting something completely different and then it ended up somewhere that i wasn't expecting and i was genuinely surprised and intrigued and entertained as as much disbelief as that would probably give uh, Haley and dad but i was entertained i mean so was i man you know i was on the edge of my seat uh i mean we'll we'll, i mean we'll get into it but man d-day oh love daniel day lewis uh of the crucible fame of crucible fame (laughs) nice shout out to the crucible no (laughs) don't <laughs> no, take it back okay fine my left shoe um no but for real he was he was amazing the cast was amazing and <clears throat> again we'll, we're gonna get into it but paul thomas anderson man an american filmmaker writing this very british movie mm-hmm. amazing um so jeremy uh hit him with that synopsis sure um a very high profile and well-to-do dressmaker um, is very set in his ways, okay? Um, He has a routine. He has many pet peeves. Uh, Mm -hmm. He is is goal-oriented, but also, you know, very obsessive-compulsive about a few things, Um, without it being extreme obsession-compulsion. He runs the company with his sister, um, Cyril. Yeah. And, and they make these beautiful, wonderful dresses. Um, and it's set in the 1950s, uh, post-war, uh, London. Yeah. 1954. Yeah. Um, so he is going through the motions as always until he runs into Alma. Alma is a waitress at a cafe, uh, in the countryside of London or Great Britain. Also, she was in your favorite movie. Old. That's right. She was anyway. Um, yikes. So, when when meeting Alma, he immediately is drawn to this woman and and invites her to uh, back to his place, and he fits her for a dress, and you know, mm-hmm. and they begin this relationship. Um, she is his new muse. As we see in the beginning of the film, he has one, one of many, uh, just a revolving door of these women. Good for him, but still it's a little, you know, (laughs) but anyway, um, as the relationship with Alma and Reynolds, uh, continues, there is some conflict. There's some, there, there's, it's a conflict of power, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Reynolds wants all of it, right? Mm -hmm. And, has had all of it right alma is wanting 
power as well, right? She wants control of, I wouldn't even say all the relationship, but aspects of the relationship. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. She doesn't want to be complicit. She doesn't want to be, you know, just uh, just there, right? She yeah. she wants to be an active participant, right? In all things Reynolds Woodcock, right? Mm-hmm. And without getting too into it, because we're going to talk about it in detail, but uh, there is... There is a back and forth. There is um, there is arguments. There are, there is fighting. There is poisoning. Um, however, the poisoning, um, which is intentional, Alma um, poisons Reynolds' food with these mushrooms, and he's very very ill. And she tends to him, right? Mm-hmm. As if she didn't poison him, but uh, she tends to him. And at that point, Reynolds can see a sort of value to giving up power mm-hmm. uh, he sees that by letting go of some of the reins that maybe his life could be a little more complete a little happier right yeah uh, it takes a while again after that for for him to truly embrace the idea of giving up power but once she does it again <laughs> uh, poisons him again and um, he realizes uh, what she is doing um, they both realize that this as unconventional as it is works for their relationship and is and will be everlasting yeah um and a a a very literal toxic relationship literally yeah Yeah. um and that's phantom threat yeah sort of sort of yeah we're we're gonna get into it because man i (sighs) because i think i mean and we'll we'll talk about it eventually because it's all i want to talk about for a while is um i have his name here that probably didn't register um a johnny greenwood score oh yeah right which uh for those of you listening uh oh of course open and close this episode um it's so unique in the way and i believe this is why a lot of people are so drawn to this film is the ever-present score yeah right it's not cueing anything it just is there yeah right and I think with it being so omnipresent, it it puts you in a different headspace because you're not you're no longer, you know, as most of us are sort of Pavlovian conditioned conditioned to you know react to music cues and music swells and it you know being different and it being sort of I don't know less prevalent and and less forward yeah. Here, it's, again, it's consistent, um, save for just a couple of scenes. I mean, it is in the majority of this and, film. And it is sort of evoking emotion. It but, is. I agree. But, but like, you've been, like you were just saying, you know, not to tell us, hey, this is when you need to feel happy. Yeah. It's almost like the music shifts and changes when things are going good or when things are bad. or. I, uh, yeah, um, I think that in this yeah. case, it's just a... It's a tonal. It's a tonal change in what we're used to, mm-hmm. right? Because music usually sets tone, right? Right. It, normally in traditional films, but in this case, the fact that it doesn't really leave, um, the tone is sort of set, and no matter what's happening in the scene, there is this underlying sort of feeling or mood um, that may fit or may not fit right mm-hmm. with what's happening 
uh, I am in love with it. I think it's wonderful. And I think that's part of the reason why Jordan Peele was so, you know, engrossed by it. And so, like, this is cinema. Yeah. And I bet you in that moment he couldn't put his finger on it, but I, it's that score. Yeah, man, the score was awesome. I, I loved the 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 strings and the piano you know yeah. this almost sort of kind of jazzy feel to yeah. most of the songs you know it, it was it was phenomenal i i do genuinely want to just keep listening to it which of course you know uh, those of you who have apple music or spotify i don't know about spotify but i know for sure apple music and itunes uh you can get it on there and check Sweet. it out yeah definitely do um, um yeah. might you need to see if there's a vinyl oh maybe uh, yeah but you know what? But the movie isn't just the music. No, you know? no, no. Um, th- man. Okay, so, so, as we were kind of talking about off mic, I, I do want to see now because of this movie, and and also doing Inherent Vice, I, I do want to see more of Paul Thomas Anderson. Mm-hmm, of course. Um. But man, like he, he knocked it out of the park. With, He's with such a dude. unique filmmaker where it's this is a very intimate and personal story between two people, right? But it's mm. so grand in scale, or at least it feels that way. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. I, I think that he's very, very good at that. And, you know, again, he's done these very grandiose, very big films. You know, Magnolia. Is, oh, yeah, shout is, out to Magnolia. Oh, so I've seen three now. Uh, Magnolia, There Will Be Blood, uh, The Master. Like, these are these feel like really big, heavy films, you know. Mm-hmm. Yet it maintains a sense of intimacy and uh, of, of, you know, this personal touch that, yeah. you know, the, that juxtaposition really works in, yeah. in his favor. And, of course, his his protagonists and his characters are just so so uniquely complex uh, yeah 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 um and so speaking of protagonists let's just start let's start with with the man himself uh daniel day lewis dude he <sighs> so selfish of him to have retired <laughs> i'm just gonna say that look he is amazing yeah uh he's an amazing actor um his level of method acting isn't, I mean, it can get extreme from what I've heard. Like, I think on The Crucible, he didn't. I've read, I've read a couple of things where it's, but I, you know, I am of the, the philosophy that you don't need it to yeah. be good, right? You don't need to be a method actor to be good. Yeah. I, you know, I think I've told the story on the podcast with Jack Nicholson. Yeah. You know, just switching, right? I think that's more impressive than having to stay in it, right? Yeah. I, I think, you know, it worked fine. It works for, for D-Day. That's fine, right? Right. I, I think that we've gotten a lot of good out of it. You know, again, there we blood is amazing. It's tremendous. Um, I, did you see Lincoln? I didn't see Lincoln. I did not see Lincoln. No, it didn't interest me in the slightest, but I... <laughs> I, I want to just because of the one review I read where it's like, no one's been able to capture Lincoln's voice very well, but he did. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, from historians, yeah. stand, right, right. I've heard that as well. Um, Billy the Butcher in oh, Gangster New York, dude. Um, you know, don't even talk to me about Gangster New York. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. You know, these performances. He's a chameleon, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and he just kind of like Paul Thomas Anderson. They they can melt like they can hot. 
genre hop so well. Yeah, I agree. You know, and so, and and this is no different. You know, I, again, I hate this is his final movie and he retired, but. We'll see. But, but at the same time, what a way to retire. Like, what a performance to give and then just be like, all right, I'm done acting now. Yeah, he's not in accounting. You know what I mean? Like, he can he can come back anytime he wants. Yeah. You know what I mean? He didn't have to fill out paperwork with HR. You know what I mean? Like he can. All right, you gotta, you gotta, we gotta print you a new acting card now. Yeah, sorry, you know? man. Gotta Go issue to you new gun. You know, Hollywood HR. That's a busy office. Um, um, but okay. So Reynolds Woodcock. Yeah. Don't take offense to this. All right. I might. <laughs> Thirty minutes into it, I was like, like he he reminds me of Jeremy. If Jeremy was left unchecked. <laughs> very very set in his ways. Obsessed over his work. Of course, your work being movies. Yeah. Um, but, of course, granted, you aren't that obnoxious. Mainly because I think you have people in your life, like myself, your fiance, yeah. uh, to kind of keep you in check. To yeah. keep you at a manageable level. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I, yeah. yeah. Am I, I agree. wrong? No, because I I am very routine-oriented. So. Yeah. And, and, and Cyril... Almost now she knowingly does it. I was gonna say maybe unknowingly. She does she feeds into these. Like she doesn't she does. She doesn't try to well hey, try this once or something like that. Uh she you know, like with with Alma, you know, if he if he can't have breakfast, it takes him forever to recover. Yeah. So maybe have breakfast in your room from now on. You know, instead of saying like, Hey, why don't you chill out? And just have breakfast. Yeah. So, Eventually she does get that way, I think. Oh, yeah. I think she she sees Alma's influence on him. Yeah. And is like, well, maybe there is hope that he can change. Yeah. Hope but, that he can give up power. Right. Yeah. And we see this, and I love this, uh, his morning routine. Yeah. Shaving. Combing his hair. Trimming his nose hairs very dangerously. Oh, yeah. I mean, granted, that's a 20, uh, 21st century. No. Modern day comfort of an electric nose hair trimmer, but and he's just very meticulous about everything. Oh yeah, big time. And and I love that this is how we're introduced to Reynolds. Yeah, is watching his literal morning routine, and then watching him eat breakfast and and start to design and it's just in the zone. Yeah, and almost the world is non-existent. If the camera wasn't there, I wouldn't... I mean, you wouldn't know that woman was there. Uh, yeah. His current... His uh, current muse. Lady, yeah. <laughs> uh, she's... I mean, she has taken the the ideas of Reynolds seems quiet in the morning a little too serious. I mean, she is like a mouse. She yeah. is so quiet. And, you know, she's... This poor thing, because... Uh, you can tell the the emotional abuse has really beaten her down. There's some distress, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and then later on, you know, at first I was like, "Is that his wife?" Yeah. That's what I thought too. And uh, then yeah, because then Cyril is just so very nonchalant. Like, what do you want to do about Joanna? Yeah, it's like do, you, you know, I mean, can I just get rid of her because you're so bored with her? You know, like she's just sitting around waiting for you to love her again. Like, <laughs> yeah. do you want me to give her the October dress? Okay. Yeah, yeah, and and that is a fault of a character, but also you know, throughout the film we see Reynolds is very 
passionate about his work and a very and and very brilliant about his work too. Yeah. Of course, as we learn, it comes from a place of trauma. Yeah. Having designed his mother's wedding dress for her second wedding, um, and had to do it all himself, mm-hmm. except with the help from Cyril towards, I guess, the end of the creation. Mm-hmm. You know, so it comes from a place of trauma, which it also, which also probably is where his routine comes from, and. Yes, uh, I read a review and I didn't bring with me that said this was a um, an edible gothic romance. Yes, and I and I like that because I I don't think what because I didn't like the article, but I I liked that phrasing because what he means by that I think at least that's how I'm gonna you know choose to interpret is it's not like he wants to have sex with his mother. That's not the point. Yeah, it's that his relationship with his mother has now influenced how he treats everybody else, basically, and especially women in his relationships, mm-hmm. right? How he not only treats women, but the relationship as a whole, yeah. right? Um, in that it's this relationship with his mother is haunted, you know? Yeah. His, his you know. Which, again, life. I love the the scene where he hallucinates seeing her. Loved it, you know. She's just in the corner. Yeah. Very almost kind of horror-esque. But she just stands there. It was kind of. I, and I liked the way it was shot. And I liked the way they chose not to have her move or talk. Mm-hmm. Right. And and I love that Alma walks by her. And she just has to pretend she's not even there, you know. Well, and... Sure. We'll just jump right into it. She ends up in front of her. And then she's gone. Right, mm. um, as as to say, she is replacing. Right, ah, this is right. Shit. Exactly, yeah. I know. Right, um, there's a lot of little things like that in this film. There's one. Maybe we'll get to it eventually. We'll get to it eventually. I'm not gonna ruin it. Enough. Okay, but anyway, uh, you know, and and it's just so. You know, it, it, I really enjoyed rooting for a protagonist that I simultaneously was like, dude, you're being an asshole. You know, certain scenes I was like, yes. And then other scenes I was like, dude. Yeah. Um, of course, my one of my favorite scenes, mainly because it made me hungry, was his breakfast order. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then we'll link it in the YouTube video. Check out uh, Binging with Babish recreates that meal. Dude, it just looks so good, man. Um, but... From a video I watched, what we were talking about off mic, and I'll probably, future rain will probably link it. Uh, this part of the video made sense. Is this is when he first meets Alma at the diner, and this was like his first test mm-hmm. to her. Yeah. Can you get this ginormous order, and can you get it right? Yeah. You know that's why he asks her like, "Can I see?" To see if she got it. Will you remember? And she does. Um, which she passed the first test. Yeah. And it is kind of, again, to call back to at the beginning of the episode, it is sort of toxic, you know. This woman you barely met, and you're almost, I wouldn't say conditioning, but you're all, you're already kind of playing yeah. mind games. With yeah, her. yeah, playing games, you know, um, seeing if he has the power, right? Mm-hmm. Again, that's a big thing. I, I was... Um, I was telling you that I had texted Zach. I was like, Hey man, like I just finished it. 
that was wild. I wasn't expecting it. You know, yeah. like, what did you think? And the one of the main things he was talking about was it was this conflict of power. It was this someone, someone who wants to keep it and someone who wants to take it, right? In a yeah. sense. And I love the way he put it. And he was, you know, he got it. Zach got it. So good job, Zach. Shout out to Zach. Yeah, man. Um, that was rad. And you're right. And even during the dress fitting, which is, you know, um, which is very interesting because, again, he just met her. Right. Yet this is another part of this. He has control over everything. Right? Well, and it's also where we see him at his most passionate. Yeah. You know, because he it's another part of that video I watched where he's not doing this for monetary gain. He's not yeah. expecting her to sell this dress to her. <clears throat> he wants to do it. For her. Yeah. But he has full control. Right. There's it's, that there's that line where he, I mean, he he was negging because he goes, you don't have breasts. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes, but it's my job to give you some if I want, you know, uh-huh. it's that it would have been something to say, it's my job to give you them. But then he added, if I want to. Almost sort right. of subtly, remi- subtly putting her down, reminding her like. I can design a dress for her. It just show just shows off your features. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Again, I loved having a, a protagonist that you you love you hate to love, but you love to hate. Yeah. You know, both of those things. Um, but that's also a good segue into Alma. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> because we really experienced the movie through her eyes. Yes. I would say she's the true protagonist. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. Um, because you know we we are seeing the the emotional abuse the the negging you know the modern sure, term but yeah and sure it's you know at the beginning it's very exciting and it's very new and fresh but then we see it taking its toll and then you know and it's it's I love that she is sort of she never really gets discouraged I think by anything. Yeah. That he does. I, I think that a big example of this is breakfast. Oh, uh, yeah, when she's like... She's the loudest breakfast eater oh, in the yeah. whole world. I'm not going to lie. The sound design was great here. The sound design was great, but it, yeah, that was bothering me. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God, right. How, is that toast made out of granite? Because she's like scraping <laughs> the butter on the toast. And I know, like, it's too good. And I'm like... That would have bugged me. The loudest water pourer in the world, right? I mean, she's this, you know. (laughs) Well, which I love. The water pouring comes back at the end of the movie. Yes, absolutely, it does. Intentionally trying to be as obnoxious as she can. Yeah, but but yeah, you know. But again, these are these are her ticks. These are these would make her her. And I think that this time it was unintentional. I think she's just having breakfast. Yeah, but. Once she realizes, well, and of course, blatantly told that, you know, it's, you can't do that. Not with Reynolds here. She's like, uh, he needs to calm down. You know? Yeah. She I, does say, yeah, he's, which is so I unique, think he's being fussy. Which is so unique because obviously in this time, um, women don't really say things like that. And I think Alma is sort of this very modern, um, take charge, you mm-hmm. know, uh, free thinking, strong headed. Yeah, somewhere I read that she's she's very strong-willed. Yes, um, and which you know is the bane 
of Reynolds' existence. He, he doesn't like that. Yeah, he doesn't want a strong-willed woman. He wants a somewhat of a submissive woman. All right. So let's get to the poisoning because I like how we're introduced to the idea of the mushrooms, right? They're just making lunch or something. Yeah, and they're picking mushrooms and the the uh, one of the maids uh, tells her to look in the book yeah, make to sure. make sure. Yeah, because uh, some of them will make you very sick. You know, I the term poisoning is accurate, but it also makes it sound like it's deadly. It's not. It's just it makes them sick. Um, yeah. I think maybe a certain quantity would kill you, but, uh, well, I mean, that's, I mean, it's neither here nor there. It's not, yeah. but, um, cause I don't think when PTA was writing this, I don't think his end goal was she wanted to kill him. No, 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 no. uh, no, which uh, we'll get to. Not at all. Uh, yeah, we will. Um, so when we get to this point where she, she has sort of had, not enough, but she just wants to. She wants to take him down a peg in a way. I think it's sort of. I, I think I think the first poisoning was more of a. I'll show you. Yeah, kind of. It's yeah, sort yeah. of a spiteful sort of like. Yeah. You know, go fuck yourself. And yeah, because you know, because this, this is after the dinner. Yeah. She makes him this really nice dinner, and he freaks the fuck out. Yeah. About. The asparagus, and then <laughs> why are you acting like this? Yeah, the butter and, and all the, that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because she sent everybody away. She wanted this really nice surprise, and of course, this is not his routine. No, in fact, he is coming back from a nightly walk. We are talking. He does this every day, mm-hmm. and so again, sending everybody away throws him completely off his rhythm. I would think that, and this is just a a spontaneous thought I just had, but there's a possibility. You could be on the spectrum uh, of, of being stuck in these routines and having yeah. and freaking out when something goes wrong and out of these routines. I, I think that it's a big possibility that he might have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think that's intentional. But um, but yeah, so the poisoning. So once he's sick, I think in Paul Thomas Anderson, when he got the idea for this film, was very sick at home and his wife Maya Rudolph uh, shout if, out to Maya Rudolph if you guys love uh, Saturday Night Live Bridesmaids um, she's also in a couple of his movies um, Maya Rudolph uh, she does the best Beyonce impression she's great big fan so um, when she was taking care of him he said and he had realized and noticed just how much she loved him and how and just how she was looking at him different when mm-hmm. he was sick and just so, so sweet and so loving. And, um, and that's when he first got the idea of like, Oh, like that's really interesting. Right. Because now Reynolds can see how much Alma cares for him. Right. Mm-hmm. And what it feels like to give up control. And yeah. And to have someone care, I would not care for him, but, but to really take control over all of this you know she sends his sister away sends the doctor away well she doesn't really send the doctor away they both do (laughs) they both do that um but yeah he sees that she you know gets him fresh pajamas once he sweat through them Mm -hmm. you know brings him water and yeah he really yeah this kind of light bulbs him yeah and um in one of the articles i read i liked it because it was a little more analytical it was a little Mm -hmm. more um, reading between the lines, which I like, mm-hmm. uh, is when he first collapses, it is 
on a wedding dress, which is what started his whole trauma, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he he damages the wedding dress both with his shoes and um, and he puts a hole in it. I, I do like that his, it takes his sister a while to figure out what what's happened because they're like, Mr. Woodcock, he collapsed. Who? Because she's just so like, wait, like, what? Yeah, that's impossible. Yeah. Yeah, because he's a workaholic. There's no way he collapsed yeah. and ruined the dress. Yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? How did he get shoe polish on it? Yeah. From his shoe. And she's like, who? <laughs> it kind of made me think of, uh, as I told you last week, I've been rewatching Boy Meets World, where mm-hmm. there's, there's one episode where Feeney keeps telling Sean to open a book. And Sean goes, what? And he just keeps doing it. Open a book. What? And it's that's what it kind of made me think of, like yeah. it collapsed, Mr. Woodcock. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's that sort of disbelief, and and again, I do like that sort of added detail, um, intentional or not, and I'm sure it is the fact that it is a wedding dress that he ruins, and mm. you know, not only is it something he's working on, something he's passionate about, which is a dress in general, but that it's a wedding dress. Yeah. And it's a wedding dress of someone who he's designed many dresses many dresses for. for. Yeah. Exactly. Um, which we get in the dinner scene. And she's, and Alma, you know, I, I feel like this wasn't explored more and I'm kind of glad it wasn't, is sort of her sort of jealousy of, of this, of this princess. Princess? Uh, Um, They call her your highness. Duchess? I don't know. know. Those were German flags, I think. They call her your highness. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But, you know, she's sort of jealous uh, in a way because she mentions how beautiful she is and, you know, yeah, wanting and, a reaction from from Reynolds. Uh, yeah, because she does. When they're fitting her, she does. Alma just walks up to her out of nowhere and tells her how she is happy for her and wishes her good luck, and then just randomly goes, "You know, I'm Alma. I live here." Yeah, yeah. It's sort of you know, um, it it's it's boasting. It's sort of you know showing her I'm I'm the alpha. You know I'm I mean? the captain. I, right, exactly. Like <laughs> I I run this bitch, you don't you don't do shit. You know, it's it's one of those where she is sort of um establishing dominance. Right. Yeah, right? yeah. Right away. By the way, uh Vicky Crips? Cre- creeps? Anyway, she's amazing. Um who plays Alma. Yeah. Uh, she's oh, yeah, she's incredible. Um Do I, you forgive her for old now? No. But <laughs> No, but this is before that, so she's fine. Um, again, incredible performance. Um, I especially love the, the close-ups of her talking to the doctor. Is that who she's talking to? Yes. 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 Because this is, yeah. Oh, okay. Hey, we haven't talked about the narration and, and, and that the movie opens with the end of her telling the doctor pretty much why. Yeah. Yeah. She's doing this and then hearing her voice and. We're cutting back to them occasionally. Yeah. Which I loved. Brilliant. Right? Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. I completely agree with you. Um, all right. So one of the one of those sort of read-between-the-lines moments that I really like in this film... I think I know what you're going to say. ...is when he is finally recovered and he's going to ask her to marry him, right? Um, they're in the room where the dress is, right? And so you have the dress and you have them. And then... As they're talking and as they're, you know, he's sort of begging in a way. Or not begging, but sort of like, you know, she's toying with him. Mm-hmm. Right? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, because he which he, which is another way of sort of taking taking the control of the situation where he is asking, "Will her, you marry me? Will you marry me?" And she's not saying anything, right, until she asks him, taking the control and flipping it, and you know, um, being the dominant one in this conversation. Mm-hmm. But we get the slow push in, and the dress is disappearing, and then it's gone out yeah. of out of the frame, and. What's more impressive is that he doesn't even look at the dress. He goes straight to Alma, right? As if to, you know, Alma is now the most important thing to him, Mm -hmm. which is interesting, right? Yeah. Because I think at any other time, if he had ruined a dress, which is impossible to think about, but he he would would go straight to it. Like, Like, did they fix it? Yeah. Right? But no, he doesn't care, right? And then eventually neither do we, the audience, because it's gone, right? Yeah. It leaves the frame, and then it's just those those two uh, yeah. speaking. So it's very dense. This just one shot is so dense with uh, with importance to the story because mm-hmm. not only do we get this sort of uh, sort of poetic um, visual yeah um, storytelling, but then we also get the literal um, you know you're not going to ask, I'm going to ask. Yeah. Which is also very important by this, you know, sort of shifting power dynamics between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and you know, and, and, and I love that Paul gives us a little bit of, gives a little bit of hope that things are going to be different now, now that they're married. Because we see them in, I had to look it up. Uh, we see them in Switzerland having a very nice honeymoon. At least, you know, he yeah, right. he shows us a little bit of cracks, like when she's buttering her toast and he's like. <laughs> the loudest toast butterer in the whole world. I know. Um, At least in Europe. But, you know, they're having a somewhat nice honeymoon. And, you know, and Paul Thomas, you know, is kind of letting the audience know, like, hey, things are going to be different now. Until they come home. And he, Reynolds, kind of falls back into yes his old ways again. Yeah, you know, he falls back into his routine. Can't change. The dresses are what's important, um, and I think Alma recognizes that. Mm-hmm. And but she's like, "No, I'm almost. I've come too far at this point." Now. My my friend Wendy, who watched the movie um, also this weekend. Said they make backgammon look so hard. Oh my! I've never played backgammon. I've never have either. But she goes, "It is not that hard." You know what I mean? So, <laughs> that was the thing she took away from the movie the most was they made backgammon look impossible. And it's yeah, not, and I've never played. It involves math, so forget it. But well, and I and I love that this whole dinner sequence is where we we kind of get our first cracks that things are not. Yeah, the, and that woman. Yeah, I didn't like her. Well, no, because she's she's against our girl Alma, but exactly, yeah, and and you know she was like not to be racist or anything, like what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> you know exactly what it means. It means I'm about to say something racist. Well, yeah, no, I yeah. know that, but uh, I know where did that like, come from? I know. Yeah, uh, yeah, she's pretty gross. Um, well, she clearly, clearly has a thing for Reynolds. I know that's what, and you know, I thought that was gonna, and I'm glad it didn't. Again, subverting expectations. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to turn into an affair. Yeah. Right? It, it'd just be one of those boring well, things well, we've seen a million times. Well, and I think Paul Thomas did that intentionally. Of course. It made it seem like Alma's going to have an affair or Reynolds is going to mm-hmm. have an affair. 
Yes, because she was uh, being friendly with the doctor. Her right. that lady's godson. That's right. Uh, but that lady also was stirring the pot too. Like she hasn't looked at you all night. Yeah, but of course I, you know, it's either cultural or it's of the time period, or it's something. But yeah. they're not sitting together, right? And that's yeah. sort of odd in in modern with modern eyes that. You know, they're not sitting with one another at the dinner table, which is weird. But again, cultural. It might be 1950s thing. I don't know. Yeah. Or both. Yeah. But yeah, so we see these cracks. And of course, it all bubbles over um, when he tells Cyril pretty much, I should have never married her. Yeah. I can't work. Mm -hmm. You need to help me. What I love about this is... A few things. One, mm -hmm. Alma hears it, of course. Which I love, that she slowly comes into frame. Mm -hmm. And Cyril sees her, well, Cyril's facing the door, so she sees her immediately. Yeah. But Reynolds is almost, I knew this wasn't the case, but it was almost like he didn't care if she heard. And that's that's one of the things I loved about it is, you know, it's not one of those goofy things where it's like, she's right behind me. And she, <gasps> oh, oh, what? Uh, it's, you know, she... She gives them an update on how she's liking it. He goes, no one fucking cares. Yeah. You know? And because, yeah, because he just learned that he lost one of his highest clients. Yeah. And I love that. I love that, you know, it's not, this story is not typical to, or not traditional in the way that a normal story would play out. Yeah. I love that he doesn't give a shit if she heard good. You know, I'm glad. You know, which is kind of like, yikes. But, yeah. but I'm glad then, she heard that. I don't want her here. But then Alma, instead of running away, digs deeper and it goes, no, it might even be because I love him, right? But that might not be the case either. And well, we'll get into that a yeah, little bit more. Yeah. But I, did we skip... Did we skip them taking that lady's dress? Yeah, we did. Because I, I fucking love that. Well, scene. yeah, because it is again another way of showing how Alma is influencing Reynolds in a new way, right? Yeah. Because before he would just be like, "That's just who she is. Like she's awful." But what are you gonna do? Yeah, the yeah uh, the um, the lady who they rent the house from. Yeah, it's her house. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, is getting married again, and he makes her this beautiful dress, but she wants... But he, yeah, he's just kind of like, like, fine, you know, whatever. And but, she's kind of being awful, and she's, you know, not respecting, you know, the work or the time. Mm -hmm. Because I, she feels entitled, and she feels like she's owed it. This is her house, right? Whatever. Yeah, but she's also being just really just, ugh, about the whole thing. I know. Like, you know, drinks too much and passes out. Yes, and that's at the wedding, right? Or at the reception. Yeah. And... I love that, you know, Alma's like, she can't do that. That's your work. That's your work. She shouldn't be acting like that in your dress. And he goes, well, what are you going to do? Fucking take it. Yeah. yeah. And I love that. He kind of takes controls like, come on. And yeah. Once he gets the idea, he goes, that's a good idea. Right. Or, or whatever. Uh, pretty and, much. And, you know, yes, Yes, he's taking control of the situation, but this was her idea, right? And this is her well, influence. Oh, and I love and I, I love that scene so much because he he's already he's already at a ten, yeah. But he's being still somewhat respectful to the either that lady's mom or because he calls her by her nickname, you know, Tippy, and he's being somewhat respectful. But he's like, 
either you take off the dress or I'm going to go in there and fucking take it off myself. Yeah, yeah. Like, he gets pretty nasty with her. And then she just kind of was like... But I love that he goes, Alma, and she <laughs> marches in there. And immediately starts taking it off. Um, by the way, that dress sounded cheap. <laughs> <laughs> the way he was, uh, the way when he was making, he was rolling it, and it was making that crinkly sound. I don't yeah. know. It didn't seem very high end to me, but that's what do I know? Uh, I got this shirt at Goodwill. I was just, uh, <laughs> I was just about to say, dude, don't you buy your clothes from Goodwill? I do. This is a great it's okay. shirt. By so the way. my wife and I do too. Um, they got some hot deals. They do. They got hot deals. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I, I'm glad we went back for that because because yeah, that it is a positive change. Yes, because after they march out, he gives her this very passionate kiss of like, almost thank you. Yeah. Thank you for for pushing me to take pride in my work. Yeah, and not just pride in my work, but standing up for someone who... Doesn't who, deserve it. And who is disrespecting it, right? Yeah. Someone who, you know, scenes earlier, um, these two women go up to them at the restaurant and say that she wants to be buried in one of his, you know, someone who is truly in awe of his work. And then someone who is just, you know, stepping all over. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. You know, and, and making him come to a wedding that he doesn't want to come to. Right. You know, because she's like, you know, I would love it if you'd come. And he's like, you know, very respectfully, you know, it's, it's not really my place. You know, I would insist you come. And he's just like. Um, yeah, I love that scene so much. And it's one of the few times someone has power over him that is an Alma, right? Yeah. Because she holds the, the place of business over him. Right. And I, and I think that, that, you know, him again, it's all about control. It's all about power, right? Mm -hmm. Because once Alma inspires him to take the dress back, that's him taking back control. Right. It's, you know, uh, you don't, you don't have power. It's that great Bane line, uh, not to take it to the Dark Knight dark rises. rises, but you know when. Oh, when it was the one about being in darkness, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, he goes. You know, I've paid you a small fortune, and he goes, and this gives you power over me, right? Oh, uh, with Ben Mendelsohn. With Ben Mendelsohn, right? Shout out to Ben Mendelsohn. It's oh, such an amazing actor. So it's that sort of that's how he feels, right? Yeah, he goes, absolutely. You can't treat me like that. I don't care if this is your building. Well, and I, and I love. <laughs> I love when her son comes in the frame and he's like, Cal. Almost just like, yeah, just fuck off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, we're we're taking the dress back that yeah. I designed for your mom. I do love it. Cal. And he's just like, Mr. Woodcock. Mr. Woodcock. Sir. Sir. Yeah. Sir. <laughs> well, no, it definitely already seems like uh, her son is already sort of told what to do and not to All complain. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, all right, so now we can go back. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, because I did want to mention because by this point, you know, when when Alma hears pretty much that the man she married doesn't want to be married to her anymore, I love that. Is that before or after the New Year's? Because that's also a big deal when she wants uh, to go dance. When she wants to go dance, it's after the whole fucking you know not to be racist. Or oh, anything, it's but after that. It's, it's after, after the dinner the, party because because the doctor invited her. Right. Like, hey, that's right. Um, and she absolutely, wanted to go. you are correct. Yeah, um, yeah, and he Reynolds begrudgingly marches down there to retrieve her. By the way, I'm on his side. That place is chaotic. I didn't like it. Well, yeah, but you don't like people, so that's a good point. Um, but yeah, um, but I love that in her own way, Cyril kind of defends Alma. 
Mm-hmm. You know, when he tells her that, you know, you're going to have to, you have to help me. I made a terrible mistake, you know, and Alma, yeah, you know, tells him, you know, she goes, thank you, Alma. And he's like, well, aren't you just, aren't you two just the respectful pair or something like that? I, I think that, you know, it's such a wonderful breath of fresh air for Cyril to see a woman like Alma in Reynolds life. I think she does see it as positive and she does see that she does have a positive influence on him and it will make him better. Right. I, you know, not that she has too much of a problem with the way he is, but she does see that if things change, that's good. Right. And you could tell even in the beginning of the film, she just hates these, you know, these boring, you know, complicit women that are, you know, barely people yeah right? and, you know and at first you know you, you kind of think that cyril just doesn't like alma but then over time starts to respect her because mm-hmm. she even tells reynolds at one point like well i'm very fond of her so yeah yeah which is cool because she is such a she's such a brick wall you know because mm-hmm. like you can't read her at all yeah i know yeah cyril is yeah and she, you know, she's got some pretty zingy one-liners. I read uh, part of an article because I didn't like it. Um, it was the same one you didn't like? No. It was a different one. one you didn't like? Different one. I read like five today. Um, one of them was, this is a screwball comedy in disguise. Sort of like in the in the vein of like Arsenic and Old Lace and, you know, like one of those like night or His Gal Friday or uh-huh. Philadelphia Story. Um, and that it's really Cyril that's part of the... Because she's got those one-liners that um, she she tells Reynolds that she doesn't want to hear it because it makes her ears hurt. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah stuff yeah. like that. Like yeah, little, yeah, little it's, it's, a, it's the part where they're having breakfast, and because that's when she says, "You know, what are you going to do about her? You, you treat her like a ghost, and I'm quite fond of her." Yeah, yeah, and then because he says something about it hurting something, and that's when she's like, "Well, hearing your whining makes my ears hurt." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's She's funny, you know? Yeah. It, definitely she is the older sister. I think that in that, older ar- in that article they were reaching, I think I think they were wanting a subversive take on this. And there is humor in this film. I don't think it's as Zach and Wayne and, and, and <laughs> as zany as they want it to be. Yeah, like... Or in, they think it is in disguise. Like which, in our uh, Call Me By Your Name episode. Yeah. Where the comedy is very intentional. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this one is, you know... It, it's there, but it's not the driving force, right? Right. Okay. So we're building up to the 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 big the big the, the last shout out to the other movies we've done like this. The last fifteen minutes of the movie. Yeah, and in fact, uh, Zach did compare this film to Mulholland Drive. Yeah. Um, which I loved the comparison because you wouldn't think about it normally. These two films have nothing to do with one another, but yes. The, the shift in tone and the sort of uh, unexpectedness of it. And, of course, the the character dynamics, mm-hmm. right? I I love the comparison. I think it was a phenomenal job uh, that he did. So good job, Zach, on the Mulholland Drive comparison. Shout out to Zach. I mean, he's doing great. He's doing God's work out there. Um, <laughs> Maybe we should hire Zach we should. Uh, as our intern. Have him hire. Sit, have him sit off mic. Like most other podcasts, they go, is that right, Zach? As, as oh, if, it was. Okay. As if we're making money uh, to hire anybody. Um, he gets 
he'll get to see it in action live. You're right. That's this man. <laughs> Could you imagine though? No. I mean, that'd be tight. You know, you just sit off mic and uh, we hook him up with the mic over there. But like, it's worth the four hour drive both ways. Um, oh, that's right. Love it, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So okay. So Alma, I think this is where she's kind of had enough. Uh, as you're saying with the first poisoning, it wasn't necessarily I've had enough. This is more of a I'm getting back at you. And in this case, I think it also is how he was when he was sick. Mm -hmm. It changed him, right? And at least for a short while. And she's like, (laughs) let's do that again. Yeah. But rather than just let him. So she makes him a very lovely looking omelet. It does look really good. I would eat it. I mean, maybe not this one, but (laughs) a version of this one. Um, and as he's mid-bite, she then, pretty much like a 1960s villain, uh, lays out her entire plan. Um, I want you on your back. Mm-hmm. I want you weak. Mm-hmm. So I can take care of you. And then I want you strong. Yeah, it's breaking you down and build you back up again. Yeah. In a way. And I love that, you know, in a sense, and I think it's pretty obvious that he knows what's in the omelet. Yeah, because he he's he's watching her make it, and he's waiting for her to say something, right? Mm-hmm. That's why he's going so slow, and that's when he's mid bite. He goes, "She's not going to say anything," you know. Yeah. Um, thereby, you know this this sort of battle of wits between the two of them, um, very similar to uh, in a in a way um, in the Princess Bride. <laughs> Uh, with the Iokin power. Oh, yeah. uh, it's sort of like they're both waiting for the other one to say something. Like he's, she's waiting for, I know what's in here and I'm not going to eat it. The, yeah. And he's waiting. waiting for, don't, don't, I put no. something in it. Yeah. Um, but then he, yeah, he decides to do something that I wasn't expecting. No. He swallows it. He eats it and he, he goes, let me, let, let me kiss you before I get sick. Yeah. Unreal. And then, of course, it's... And then it explodes in, in this uh, flash-forward sequence. Of them madly in love, having kids, going to parties. Yeah. And... Whether or not it's real, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's, and I love that's how it ends. Yeah. You know, because she's, tell, she's telling Reynolds all of this. And then, you know, I'm take care, taking care of your dresses. Yeah. Making sure that no dust is on them. And then we cut back... And he's like, that's all well and good, but we're here now. Yeah. And I'm getting hungry. <laughs> Loved it, dude. Loved it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, and he, he, it's, again, very toxic that he willingly accepts this. Willingly is saying, okay, I will let you make me sick. Yeah. If that means that when I get better, our relationship is going to be stronger again. Let me tell you something you probably missed. I, I mean, that's why we have this. Um, it's, and I, it's been a few days. So it's either it cuts back to him. Does it cut back to him in the, in the kitchen? Um, no, right. It's all, it's all audio during when he, when he says that's all well and good, but we're here now and I'm hungry. No, no. Okay. So it's, it's during the dressmaking Mm. where he's fitting, right? Yeah. Um, you think it's a flash 
a flashback to that first time or that one of the times when they're doing but i think it's a flash forward because he's not wearing his jacket mm-hmm. his jacket holds a lock of his mother's hair yes and so he's not wearing it he no longer needs it he no longer needs this sort of uh security blanket of his yes. of his mother with him at all times he sews his a lock of his mother's hair in his jackets we skipped over that but that's important yeah, Again, yeah it's, well, a, it's part of that trauma it's a reason why that guy said this is an edible you know gothic yeah. drama which uh which i i can't get over that well you know and it and observation it, well and it also kind of ties it back to their first dinner together when he asks when he tells her carry her with you always mm-hmm. you know because he's he's projecting his own trauma onto her just because he has to carry his mother with him yeah doesn't mean she can it almost seems like alma is free of 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 the familial yeah chains and now that he has this new and complicated and nuanced relationship he no longer feels the need to have his mother with him at all times yeah yeah it's which is very interesting yeah i think that you know the fact that this this dynamic and this sort of this this way of dealing with their with their troubles right Mm -hmm. or their their differences or their conflicts Mm -hmm. it's very unique and i love that pta has decided to lean into it and say this works for them yeah right yeah from a bystander looking in uh you know, one could say, you know, emotional manipulation, mm-hmm. almost physical abuse. Yeah. Very toxic, but um, out of out of this, they will grow stronger as a couple. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, if pattern means anything, you know, that he will start to really appreciate Alma. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, because I don't think she's going to... Over time. Yeah, because I don't think that she is going to, well, he's acting up again, time to poison him, you know. I don't think so. I think it's more of like, um, I think she is using the poison as a as a, as a a drastic form of saying, I want you to be vulnerable and mm-hmm. tender with me. Because like she says, you know, when he's, when he's alone, he's tender and he's loving. Uh, it's when we're around other people, is when he puts up his, I'm strong, you know, and confident. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, the, the point she was sort of making with to to extreme poisoning him, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, I want you to be vulnerable when it's you and I. Yeah. You know. Um damn dude. Movie was good. Movie is great. I can't believe I again was expecting a very run of the mill very Ro- romantic be- drama. Very beautifully shot and oh, directed. A hundred percent. Romantic drama. But, but I got something so much more and so much more interesting. Well, and man, and again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier is uh, PTA, he has no discernible genre, no. you know, which I love, which is why I was telling you how frantically I was looking to see if I could find some of his other movies on Blu-ray because I want to see him now. You got to see him. You know, Punch Your Glove is on my wish list, my mm-hmm. Criterion wish list, but, I, you know, Boogie Nights yep. and um, definitely The Master because, you know. Got our boy uh, Philip C. Yep. 
Um, and then, of course, Licorice Pizza, yep. which I desperately want to see yeah. Licorice Pizza. But, but yeah, man, so uh, are you ready to wrap up, wrap up, wrap up? I am. Um, let's, let's end with this question. Okay. Do you think Alma loves Reynolds? I do. Okay. I really do. Sure. Um, I, 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 I think it's, I think the poisoning again is an extreme form of her saying, be vulnerable with me. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, cause she sees through the, the fake confidence and, and I'm, you know, yeah. I'm a stone wall. So I think she wants him to pull that down and be vulnerable and be open to change and, and yeah. Yeah, so I, I I believe she does. And I believe he loves her. I do too. I, I think that he eventually got there, right? Yeah. I, I don't think he started to. I, I don't think he started with that. I think no. he, you know, he just saw as another one. Yeah. Different in a way, but still like... Uh, she just, yeah, she'll get bored of me and she'll leave. You know? But I think he loves the, the challenge. He loves the the conflict. He loves the the strong-willed yeah nature of alma yeah 100 percent. yeah man cool again daniel d-day if you're listening if you're selfish you're, listening. <laughs> you're selfish give us one more movie fun fact and then that, give us another one fun fact that dude's covered in tattoos no shit mm. is he really yeah both his arms yeah covered at hell, least hell yeah yeah i mean not like not like Danny Elfman, who's out of his fucking mind. Yeah, that dude's crazy, man. I showed my mom a picture of him. She was like, Jesus Christ. I was like, yeah, he's out of his fucking mind. Dude got jacked, dude got covered in tats. Yeah. And they're weird-ass tats, too, man. They're like old English tattoos or some bullshit. Weird. There's like skeletons and there's like weird shit. Uh, You know. Shout out to Danny Elfman. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, buddy. What are we going to talk about next week? All right, man. So I was going to give you another choice, but then I decided. But no. But I was like, you know what? No. I'm going to actually decide because if we keep doing choices, then the, the fun goes away. That's true. Um, so I wanted to kind of keep with the seriousness a little bit. Sure. Um, I don't know if you'll be excited for this or not. We'll see. I am just because I've heard nothing but amazing things from the cast. So I was like, all right, let's do it. Uh, next week, we will be talking about Beautiful Boy. Oh, interesting. Uh, it's been a while since we've done a movie with, uh, Timothy C. Yeah, Timothy Chalamet. And then Steve Carell. Yeah, man. That's, truth be told, I love Timothy Chalamet, but seeing Steve in a different element is Mm -hmm. what excites me the most. Yeah. Um, again, that's how I felt about Chris, Chris Pine and Hell or High Water. So seeing Steve Carell as not, uh, you know, haha, I'm the silly guy, (laughs) you know, I'm, I'm a, what's his character from fucking Anchorman? Brick. I don't remember. Um, Future Run will probably put it up if he actually makes it this far. Um, but yeah, no, no, no. That, that's what excites me the most. And then, of course, this story of a father trying to help his son mm-hmm. and he doesn't know how. Yeah. Is another thing that sold me. And I was like, it's it's got to be Beautiful Boy. Okay. So are you excited? Or? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> is this one you haven't seen either yeah i haven't i have not seen damn i've not seen damn daniel yeah i've not seen beautiful boy so yeah. well 
this will be good. Yeah. Uh, well, we hope everyone enjoyed Phantom Thread. Shout out to Zach again. Yeah. And we'll see you next week for Beautiful Boy. Thank you.